Hey, Chief Year is coming up fast, and I'm kind of nervous. I don't know about you. I'm nervous too. <laughs> Fortunately, in the comfort of my pocket with my phone nearby, I have the OBG project that's keeping me up to date. Definitely. And really nicely is as Chiefs, we now have one free year subscription to OBG First, which is where you can create your very own library online with all of their amazing articles that you can keep all in one place. And also a subscription service where they will send you daily emails with the most up-to-date recommendations and research. Want to find out how to get OBG First from the OBG Project? Head on over to creogsovercoffee.com and find out how you can get OBG First free for one year. All right, guys, welcome back. This is Faye. And this is Nick. And this is Creogs Over Coffee. Coffee. So today, guys, we have coming at you part two of our vaccine special. So Faye, can you give us a little reminder on what we're talking about today? Yeah, so some of our objectives will be like our objectives from last week. We're going to talk about vaccines that should be provided postpartum if the patient was not able to receive these vaccines preconception. We'll also, again, learn the data behind these vaccines and what they prevent. And finally, we'll learn how to talk to patients regarding vaccine safety profiles. And just as a reminder, the reading will be the CDC guidelines on vaccines. Fantastic. So, Faye, I guess after pregnancy, where should we look to or what should we start with with vaccines? Yeah, so there's a few vaccines that we can give after pregnancy, and this is mostly because these are some things that we check during pregnancy. So one thing that we check is we check if patients are immune to rubella. So if they're not, they can get the MMR. Another is varicella or the chickenpox, and in selected populations, the HPV vaccine. So Nick, tell me more about the MMR, or the measles, mumps, and rubella. That's it. Measles, mumps, and rubella. So this vaccine, MMR, contains live, attenuated, or weakened strains of all of these particular viruses. And as we talked about in our last episode, there's an immune response that's provoked by these attenuated viruses to create antibodies. Immunity is about 97% against measles and rubella after two doses, and about 88% against mumps after the second dose. Again, the idea with this is really to help protect against before pregnancy congenital rubella and after pregnancy against any of these particular diseases. During pregnancy, again, remember that the adaptive immune system is not as robust as when you're not pregnant. And so the point of giving these outside of pregnancy is to take advantage of the facts that you can really bump that adaptive immune system upwards. Additionally, during pregnancy, there's a slightly higher risk of the live attenuated virus actually causing disease. So again, we defer MMR to either postpartum or in preconception counseling. If an adult is not immune to MMR, and again, you should be screening for rubella during pregnancy, at least one dose should be given postpartum. Hey, what about varicella? So varicella, uh, we all know it as chicken pox or potentially shingles. And again, this is not a vaccine that should be given during pregnancy, but in the postpartum period or preconception. The way that it works is like all the vaccines that we talk about. This is a live attenuated virus, and it stimulates that immune system to create antibodies. 
it is between 88 to 98% effective at preventing varicella after two doses and about 85% effective after one dose. The vaccine should be given ideally before pregnancy to protect against chickenpox complications during pregnancy. Because you do have a decreased adaptive immune system during pregnancy, you are more apt to getting things like pneumonia or just being more sick with something like chickenpox. And also you can get congenital varicella syndrome or even neonatal varicella if the mother has the chickenpox during time of delivery. During pregnancy, this vaccine should not be given because the adaptive immune system is not as robust as when one is not pregnant. And again, there is a higher risk of the live attenuated virus actually causing disease. So let's talk about the last vaccine, HPV. Human papillomavirus. So again, for HPV vaccine, the most recent or updated HPV vaccine is Gardasil 9, um, which protects against, as you might guess, nine different strains of HPV. Protects against 16 and 18, which are the causes of 80% of cervical cancer cases. Protects against 6 and 11, which are the cause of 90% of genital warts. And another five types that can lead to cervical cancer, including 31, 33, 45, 52, and 58. You want to go pick your lottery numbers? There you go. How does it work exactly? Just like we've talked about before. Again, it provokes an adaptive immune response. There are three separate shots that are indicated for people aged 15 to 45 with a very high efficacy. And this is a take-home point for patients with close to 100% prevention of HPV virus. If patients are aged 9 to 14, um, two shots of Gardasil 9 are sufficient. HPV vaccine is not currently recommended during pregnancy, um, but should be administered to women up until the age of 45 if they haven't received the vaccine great time to give it actually is immediately postpartum while they're in the hospital so that way they can get second dose at their six-week postpartum visit. Faye, you really dove in a last time to a lot of these vaccine safety profiles and some of the ingredients and such, so do you mind leading us through some of that again? Sure. So let's first talk about the MMR. And I listed some of the ingredients in the vaccine because I think, again, people are very suspicious as to what goes into vaccines and how they may not be safe. But the MMR is generally very safe. So the ingredients include chicken embryo cell culture, which is a medium, human diploid lung fibroblasts, which is also a medium for which the virus to grow. They also contain a lot of things like vitamins and amino acids, sucrose, glutamate, all of these things that kind of help that culture and help the virus to grow. And also things like fetal bovine serum and neomycin, which is an antibiotic that prevents other things from growing in that medium. All of these things are safe. Side effects from the MMR vaccine are very similar to side effects of any vaccines. Anytime that you are provoking an immune response, you can get things like a fever, a loss of appetite, and just overall feeling sick for two to three days. With the MMR, it is also possible to get a rash, and it's also possible to get a very mild form of measles or mumps, but this is very rare. And even more rare is a severe allergic reaction. And if that were to happen, that is a true contraindication to getting that vaccine again. What about chickenpox or varicella, Nick? Yeah, so these ingredients are similar to what we've talked about before, actually very similar to what you just talked about with MMR. And there are human diploid cells that contain DNA and protein. There's some sucrose and some gelatin. Um, in terms of the multisyllable ingredients, there's sodium chloride, monosodium glutamate, sodium phosphate, potassium phosphate, EDTA. Again, things that are really commonly found and things around us all the time that are 
determined to be safe, especially in small quantities like these. Varicella vaccine also does contain neomycin and fetal bovine serum as well. The side effects that are common with the varicella vaccine include the same as most other vaccines, no sore arm, fever, mild rash, a little bit of pain and stiffness in that arm. Very rarely and very uncommonly can be severe infection or pneumonia. So those are two to remember, but again, are very, very uncommon. Hey, finally, what about HPV? And the HPV, again, just has very similar ingredients once again. And again, remember, these ingredients are used to kind of help culture the vaccine. So these things include like vitamins, amino acids, mineral salts, carbohydrates. There is a little bit of aluminum in HPV, as we established last time, which is safe. And there's also things like sodium chloride, which is salt, polysorbate. There is that neomycin and yeast protein again. Side effects, again, are the same with HPV vaccine as with a lot of other vaccines, and this includes pain, redness, swelling, soreness of the arm where the shot was given, and very unlikely are things like fever, headache, feeling tired, nausea, muscle or joint pain, or overall feeling ill. Nick, that's pretty much it for vaccines after pregnancy. I mean, as we know, there are many other vaccines out there, but we won't talk about them today. So let's go ahead and sum up. Sounds great. So we talked about three particular vaccines today, Faye, that would be ideal to be given in the postpartum period or as part of preconception counseling. MMR, measles, mumps, rubella, varicella, or chickenpox, and finally HPV. We said that MMR, to start, again, contains live attenuated strains of each of those viruses, has about 97% efficacy after two doses, and ideally would be given before pregnancy to, to protect against congenital rubella. We don't give it during pregnancy because of a higher risk of the virus potentially causing disease, and we should be screening at least for rubella immunity during pregnancy so we can identify those who may be at risk postpartum. Next, we talked about varicella, which is also a live attenuated virus and should not be given during pregnancy. We should be giving it, like Nick said before, before pregnancy in that preconception stage, but if not, we can also give it postpartum is very effective, 88 to 98% effective at preventing varicella after just two doses. Finally, we talked about the HPV vaccine, which again protects against nine different types of HPV, 16 and 18 that cause 80% of cervical cancer cases, as well as five other types that cause cervical cancer, 31, 33, 45, 52, and 58, and then 6 and 11, which cause 90% of genital warts cases. And three separate shots should be given to people aged 15 to 45, or two shots if aged 9 to 14. And it's almost 100% effective against HPV, so really you should encourage your patients to go out and get this. It's a great time to give it immediately postpartum in the hospital and then six weeks after for their second dose at the postpartum visit. We also talked a little bit about vaccine safety profiles and listed some of the ingredients in these vaccines that people may have questions about. And remember, these are all safe ingredients in the dosages that they have in the vaccines. Side effects for all of these vaccines include any type of effect that you would have after inducing your immune system to work hard. So those things would be like fever, loss of appetite, overall malaise, or feeling sick. Now, with a live attenuated vaccines, there is a small, small possibility of getting a very mild form of the disease. So once again, I'm Nick. This is Faye. And this has been Creogs Over Coffee. If you enjoyed our podcast, go ahead and go on Apple iTunes or Spotify or any of your other podcatchers and give us a five-star rating or review. Reach out to us online. Catch us on Facebook at Creogs Over Coffee, on Twitter at Creogs Over Coffee 1, 
on our newest social media profile, Instagram, at Coffee. Or if you're a big fan of the show and want to get some cool swag, check us out on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Coffee. Have a correction for the show or a suggestion for an episode, or you just wanted to say hi to us, give us an email over at creagsovercoffee at gmail.com. 